0: Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a weekly look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington D.C. in our grassroots government segment. We'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State, and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. And we'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast,
1: Carrie Martin. Hello everyone and welcome to the voice of Louisiana agriculture podcast episode number 16 for friday august the 24th i'm your host carrie martin We'll get things started today with a look at the latest Louisiana ag news headlines. There is a lot going on in the news that we'll talk about, including a big rice sale to Iraq, soybean production problems, trade issues are always in the news this summer, and lots more. We'll try to hit all of that in the news segment. We'll follow that up with Grassroots Government, where we talk with Louisiana Farm Bureau President Ronnie Anderson. Ronnie touches on several of the big topics in the news as well, including the WOTUS rule, which is now in effect in Louisiana. Louisiana, the 2018 Farm Bill, and he talks about trade issues also. In the field, we go to Concordia Parish to learn more about Noble Gadon. Then our regular market analysts step up to the plate, Greg Fox and Dave Foster, give us their insight on the grain and cattle markets. We wrap it up with a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar, and it all kicks off right now on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
0: Here's a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
1: Iraq has agreed to purchase 15,000 tons of U.S. rice. This is the third time Iraq has bought American rice. Louisiana Congressman Ralph Abraham is a member of the House Agriculture Committee.
2: Are growing about $370 million worth of rice in Louisiana. So anytime we can put a little more money in the producer's pocket, that's a good day for them, a good day for Louisiana. They know from the Louisiana producers especially, they're going to get the highest quality rice in the world. This is what they want. If they're going to pay good money, well, we want to give them good rice. And they're not going to get that in any other country in the world.
1: Abraham says this sale is very important considering the current trade tensions around the world
2: now that we've got these tariffs looming over us, we need these new areas that we can put our rice into. And uh, again, it's only a win-win for Louisiana and really rice farmers of the uh, United States.
1: Louisiana 5th District Congressman Ralph Abraham. The opening of a new denim plant in Vidalia, Louisiana, is very good news for Louisiana cotton farmers. Don Molino
3: explains. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain, was on hand earlier this week. For the ribbon cutting ceremony on a new denim plant in Vidalia, that is indeed good news for Louisiana cotton farmers.
4: They're going to be taking Louisiana and Mississippi cotton, spinning it into yarn, and making denim right there in Vidalia. It's an old fruit of loom plant. It's a $50 million investment, over 300 jobs at over $30,000 per job. Tremendous economic development. Developed that, that's the local economic development arm working with. You know, with the town and also uh, with uh, the USDA and private bankers, they will use over 60,000 bales of cotton, which could be up to a third of the state's supply. You take that with a facility in lacassine, we could be using it up to a half of the state's entire cotton crop, bending that and making it into yarn and into cloth right here in louisiana
3: i'm don molino on the voice of louisiana agriculture podcast
1: dry weather this summer has been a problem throughout louisiana but august has brought some rain to many parts of the state the problem is that most of that rain has been the hit and miss type of spotty showers according to LSU Ag Center climatologist Jay Grimes.
5: In South Louisiana even though there's been some good rains it's been very spotty, very selective. So as is not uncommon in the summer we've got places that have had 4 inches of rain in the last week. And five miles away, it's been an inch in the
1: last month. Grimes says pastures have been hit the hardest this summer, especially in north Louisiana.
5: Pastures are probably the worst situation in the agricultural sector right now because of this hit-and-miss rainfall pattern we've had statewide. Of course, northern Louisiana on the dry side, so that's a problem in the pastures anyway.
1: And we can't forget about hurricanes, because August has the potential to bring in some monster storms.
5: We've got four named storms already as we work into the middle of August. Now that's actually a little above the norm, but the forecast from the experts for the rest of the season is for activity to be
1: a bit below normal from late August into November. Katrina, Rita, Gustav, and others have wreaked havoc on Louisiana farms in recent memory. But Grimes says there are some other names that bring back bad memories as well. There's three storm names, Audrey, Andrew, and Betsy. All three of
5: those monster storms for Louisiana came in seasons where storm counts were way down.
1: Louisiana sugarcane growers are busy planting their fallow ground right now, and dry weather continues to be a problem. Bobby Morris is planting cane in West Baton Rouge Parish.
4: This area right here really needs some rain. Uh, uh, The pop-up showers have have been going around us uh, so far. We're about 70% done with our planting. After we get the whole crop planted, I'm going to need some rain because there's no moisture in the ground right now. We, we call that pretty much dusting it in. I mean, there's no moisture. But
1: Morris is well aware that August can bring in some nasty weather in the form of hurricanes.
4: That's why it's important to do what you can right now to get the cane in the ground because of, because of hurricanes, which all these little, these little storms right now, some of them have hurricane-strength winds coming through and uh, uh, a the cane flat right now. That's the, that's the biggest thing. It just slows everything down uh, dramatically.
1: Sugarcane planting is 23% done in Louisiana, according to the latest Louisiana Crop Progress and Condition Report released this week. Here's a look at a few of the other numbers. Corn harvest now at 55% complete. That is ahead of the five-year average pace. Rice harvest now 67% done ahead of the five-year average as well. Sorghum harvest at 59% completed, and soybean harvest getting underway with 17% of the soybean crop planted. When it comes to crop conditions, pastures continue to be in the worst shape, as Jay Grimes mentioned earlier. We still have 26%, just over a fourth of our pastures rated poor to very poor. Louisiana soybean farmers are having problems with one particular insect at this point in the growing season.
3: Don Molino has more. LSU Ag Center Extension Service entomologist Dr. C. Brown says the recommended threshold for three-cornered alfalfa hoppers in soybean fields is one adult per sweep, and it's been reached in a lot of fields lately.
0: Typically,
2: hoppers are one of those insects, a lot of times they'll be around late season. Stink bugs and all other insects we've had this year haven't been nearly the problem they've been in the past, but... Three-cornered alfalfa hoppers have been pretty high in a lot of soybean fields around Louisiana so We have potentially a lot of fields getting close To or exceeding threshold. Realistically uh, A pyrethroid is going to Be our best control option or Some of the pre products that has a pyrethroid Or a that, uh that is also Going to work really well. So they're not a hard insect To control. And what we're really kind of Seeing as far as injury is concerned They have the potential to cause Yield loss but it also they contribute to The green stem syndrome or green bean Syndrome where green beans essentially stay green when they should be drying down and it really makes a hard time for our combines to harvest them. Three-cornered alfalfa hoppers contribute directly to that and they need to be controlled when you hit threshold.
3: It's almost time for Louisiana soybean growers to be thinking about harvest aids. LSU soybean specialist, Dr. Todd Spivey.
2: It is a little early for some folks to start thinking about harvest aid applications, but we are beginning to get into that season as more of these beans progress through their development. The most common chemistry that's used for harvest aid for desiccation purposes is paraquat. It's important to remember we have to make sure the majority of the pods on those plants are at what we call R6 meaning that the beans are actually beginning to dry down. If we put anything out any earlier than that, It's very possible that we can lose yield. The rates on that product are a pint to the acre, and it's also very important to remember there's a 15-day pre-harvest interval on that product. I know it seems a little early to be thinking about that, but I've talked with some growers who have put their first applications out already on some of their early beans. It is time for growers to start thinking about what they're going to do as we get down towards the
1: end of the year.
3: I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast.
1: China and the U.S. were back at the negotiating table this past week just as new tariffs take effect. So what are Louisiana farmers thinking about the current trade situation? We talked with two Louisiana farmers who have both held leadership positions with national commodity organizations. Ike Boudreau, St. Landry Parish soybean farmer and a former chairman of the United Soybean Board believes that in the short term at least, the U.S. will pay a price for the tariff war with China.
6: You know, in the last farm bills far back as I can remember, uh, agriculture was always the sacrificial lamb in the agreements. We need an adjustment for fair trade or free trade. I think I'd rather see fair trade than uh, free trade. There is a difference and uh, hopefully we'll get there. Uh, long term, I think it's going to be good for agriculture. The trade deficit, we can't keep going the way we are with China. And if they agree to buy more ag products, which we have more to sell, uh, I think uh, we'll be beneficial in the long run. China's a big soybean market, has been for years. I guess it goes back to when we first went in there and started uh, showing them what soy meal and soybeans could do for their economy and their situation can't feed the people. Uh, You know, we did that with the checkoff when USDA didn't even want us going in to do that, but we did it anyway.
1: Dinsaw Parish Cotton producer Jay Hardwick is a former president of both the National Cotton Council and Cotton Incorporated. He believes President Trump is on the right track regarding China and the new tariffs.
7: Well, I think this is a long story. It's been in the making for some time. Uh, U.S. agriculture in particular has been at some disadvantage with our partners in the world. Uh, I think the president, President Trump, is doing a very good job, reasonable job of kind of shaking out the sheets right now with our partners and realizing that uh, the United States, uh, we need a fair playing field, an opportunity to uh, uh, perform as well. And so I, I believe he's in a very uh, strong position in terms of a chess game, if you want to call that. But it's about time we've had that, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for that. Uh, what I'm not happy about, of course, is the fallout from the prices, but that's to be expected somewhat. And. Um, Hopefully there will be an opportunity that that will be corrected and we'll see a return to uh, improvement and appreciation in commodity prices. We'll talk more about the
1: trade situation coming up next in our grassroots government segment. Remember, you can always find the latest news in Louisiana agriculture on our website, voiceoflaag.org. And you can sign up for our daily newsletter. It will come to your inbox each weekday morning containing all of the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Grassroots Government is next, where we'll talk with Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation President Ronnie Anderson. He will talk about trade, as we mentioned, and he'll talk about the WOTUS rule and the 2018 Farm Bill. That's next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
7: This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. (music)
0: It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest on Grassroots Government this week is Ronnie
1: Anderson. Ronnie is president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the state's largest farm organization. Ronnie, you doing all right today?
8: Yes, Gary. Doing pretty good. A little bit hot, but... Uh... They said a cool front came through but I can't tell it yet
1: well Ronnie before we start the interview give me a quick update on how things are looking on your farm you have cattle up in Ethel Louisiana that's north of Baton Rouge in the Feliciana parishes how are things looking up there as far as your weather and cattle conditions
8: well we need a little rain but uh, all in all we've we've done pretty good this summer my calves really grew out well uh, cows had enough grass and Conditions were good for them to to milk, but, uh, and I moved those calves last week and they were really, uh, really surprised me. They were better than I I thought they were going to be, but it's, it's hit and miss. You know, you go a couple of miles in either direction and It's either really dry or really wet, so it's a a mixed
1: bag. Sounds like the same thing I hear from farmers all over Louisiana. Well, let's talk about some issues. Uh, On this segment, we always talk about government issues, and one big topic that I wanted to talk to you about today is something we call WOTUS, which stands for Waters of the U.S. That's a rule issued by the EPA back during the Obama administration, and Farm Bureau has been very, very active from the beginning in fighting this WOTUS rule. Farm Bureau has always felt like this is bad for agriculture. Give me your take on this particular rule, and we'll talk a little bit about how it's now in effect in Louisiana, but why why has Farm Bureau fought this WOTUS rule all along?
8: Kerry, this is one of the most egregious things that ever was with moving into areas, any small stream or ditch or even anything that, that would intermittently have water and it would be considered under their jurisdiction of of controlling and managing and all of that and uh, we thought we had done really well we got some rulings and some other stuff changed that was going to give us relief the world's rule and then this federal judge in south carolina changed all of that with one ruling on uh, it. Uh, put it back in effect on 26 states in the country and uh that gives us a lot of grief.
1: Well, and as you mentioned, uh, WOTUS is now, I guess, the law of the land for now in Louisiana. That judge in South Carolina a couple of weeks ago issued a ruling that overturned some things and put it into full effect in half of the country, which is kind of strange, but 26 states now live under the WOTUS rule. What do you feel like this is going to mean for Louisiana farmers and ranchers? Do you feel like we're going to see some headache out of this?
8: We could. If we don't get something, uh, I think there's some appeals and some other judicial actions that are trying to be uh, taken to stay or overturn what this judge did, but uh, if it's left in effect, it's going to give us a lot of problems with how we operate and where we are, and And, and the thing is, most people don't even realize that they're under the the restraints of voters because of uh, what it takes in.
1: I know that your affiliation through the American Farm Bureau Federation on the national level and American Farm Bureau has been fighting this for all of this time. If you would, give me an update on what's going on on the national level. I know American Farm Bureau jumped on this as soon as that ruling came out.
8: Yes, we have, and we've had a couple of uh, calls. We've got a, a board call, and we're going to talk about it some more. All of the American staff in Washington are, are engaged in trying to find a way to uh, stop what this judge has done you know, it's, it's, it's been a top priority for us for uh, several years now, and uh, we felt like we had done really well with where we were and, and the restrictions that were lifted or taken off of us involving Wotus, but uh, then that judge uh, sent us in a total different direction. So we're working at it. I mean, it's, it's something that everybody should be concerned about, and uh, Louisiana Farm Bureau and American Farm Bureau is doing everything they can to undo what this judge has done
1: let's switch gears and talk about something else ronnie that i know that farm bureau has been very involved in and that's the 2018 farm bill uh we have the conference committee has been named now and is moving forward with trying to get this farm bill ironed out however we're staring at a a deadline next month of the old farm bill running out. How important do you feel it is for Louisiana farmers that we get this farm bill done and get it on the president's desk?
9: It's
8: really important and we need to get that done and we need to get it done before the midterm elections and uh, uh, the president is uh, supportive of where we are. Our delegation is supportive of the farm bill. We've got Ralph Abraham that's uh, on the Conference committee, and he's really been a champion for us. Really understands the issues involved, and has been a help with us. And uh, hopefully, we can get it out of conference without too many changes, and uh, and get it moving and get it signed.
1: One of the other big issues that we've been dealing with out of Washington is the trade issues. I guess we can really say now that we're in a trade war with China, as well as other issues like NAFTA, trade with other nations. Louisiana farmers have been hit hard, especially Louisiana soybean farmers have been hit hard because of all of these trade issues. Your take on where we're at in these trade issues and what needs to be done about it?
8: Well, if you go back and you look at the trade agreements that we have, even NAFTA, there were commodities that really were not taken care of totally in that, that uh, had some uh, uh, problems. Uh, Fruit and vegetable farmers, I talked to a bunch of those guys in Florida, they were behind the eight ball on that, and they didn't really get much relief from what negotiations have been made so far with uh, fruits and vegetables coming out of of Mexico. Then you take the dairy issue with Canada and the timber issue up there, uh, wood products issues with Canada. There were some things that needed to be fixed. I think the timing of having the restrictions put on and the tariffs put on uh, right here, close to harvest, is causing grief. Uh, if you look at the countries and what they're retaliating against, it's, it's more political than anything else. They're going after the areas of the country that have been very supportive of President Trump and causing soybeans and pork and other things to take the brunt of their retaliation. But if you look at some of the things that are happening, I think the Chinese have opened up a little bit on the soybean issue. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some of that recovery done before all of our guys you know, move their products. Trade is a huge issue for us with rice and, and beans and uh, the pork products, chicken products that go through the port in, in New Orleans. We need this fixed. We need a, a reasonable trade agreements done. Hopefully it won't last very long. And after all is said and done, I hope we're in better shape than we are were before and really are now with the uh, prices that have gone down because of the uh, restrictions on trade.
1: Ronnie Anderson, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Thanks a lot for your time, Ronnie.
8: Thank you, Karen.
1: Coming up next, we go in the field to visit with Noble Gadon of Concordia Parish. In the field is next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
7: This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture
0: we're taking you to the fields of louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the voice of louisiana agriculture podcast in the field this week, we talk with
1: rice, corn, and soybean farmer Noble Gidon of Concordia Parish. Once again this week, we're getting some help from Carl Wiggers. He's a reporter with the weekly television show This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. He recently aired a profile on Noble, and we're going to borrow the audio from that for this week's In the Field segment. Here's Carl Wiggers and Noble Gidon in the field on the Voice of Louisiana
6: Agriculture podcast. Noble Gadon is getting close to harvest on this corn he's checking, but his soybeans are still getting watered. Noble farms around 500 acres, split between corn, soybeans, and rice in Concordia Parish. Gidon says that choosing this lifestyle is simply in his blood.
10: I am a fifth generation farmer. I grew up uh, in a family farm following my dad around. It's uh, really all I've ever known.
6: Growing up in agriculture, Gedan has experienced his fair share of difficult growing seasons and he says that this year has had its own struggles so far.
10: We actually had to dry the rice ground up to plant it and then once the good Lord decided to stop raining, um, we had to dry the rice ground up and then we had to flush it twice to get a stand. And, and since then, since May the 1st till about the week of the 4th of July, we've received about an inch of rain over here in our part of the world. But we've, we've been fighting um, mother nature this year. When I graduated from LSU in 99, uh, GPS's and yield maps were, were just hitting mainstream. Some people like working on stuff and like rebuilding engines and replacing belts. and. That kind of stuff, I just like computers.
6: After using this technology on his farm for nearly two decades, Gadon says that he has become a more efficient farmer.
10: We did look at some, some field connect units out there that are uh, the soil moisture monitoring system. that let you know where the, the soil moisture is in the soil profile that helps you uh, become an irrigator, not just a waterer. Another thing that we use out here is, is some um, satellite imagery or aircraft imagery in rice. Taking that data and not mining using that data allows you to find management zones in a field, whether it be off of soil maps, whether it be off of elevation data, whether it be off of yield maps, and help find trouble areas in a field or finding places in a field that make higher yields year after year after year and then figuring out why that spot in that field is doing good or bad in fixing the problem or or replicating the problem.
6: Using this precision agriculture is all about minimizing the risk that farmers like Gadon face every year when the crops are planted. Noble says the uncertainty in farming is only overcome by the satisfaction that he gets from growing his crops.
10: That crop is basically dependent on you. You know, you gotta help it with weed control, you gotta help it with water when you can, you gotta make sure there's fertilizer out there. And the satisfaction of, of putting something in the ground and following it through fruition is a plus for me. Why do you risk everything in the world for a small margin of return when you, can, when you can lose your house and you can lose your truck and you can lose all that? Why in the world do you do it? Just the way we were raised, we can't, we can't help it.
6: Gadon says the tools available to farmers are vital to them continuing to provide food and fiber for the world.
10: If you didn't have oil, you know, you still got peat and repeat. You can walk. But if you don't have a thousand calories a day, you know, it's hard to live or you can't live. So we're, we're involved in an industry
6: that is the true backbone of society. Gidon also works for Goldman Equipment, helping farmers implement the very technology that you saw him using on his farm in this story. This firsthand knowledge helps him to relate the information to his farmers and better equip them in their fields.
1: That's Carl Wiggers with the weekly television show This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. Coming up next, it's time to look at the markets. We'll check out the grain and livestock markets with our regular market analyst. That's next on The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
7: This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture.
0: Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
1: And to talk about the grain markets, we go to Greg Fox with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Greg, you and I are sitting here talking on Friday, looking back on this previous week. Boy, these grain markets have gotten hit hard this week. What has been going on that's been putting all the pressure on everything?
4: Uh, well, Pro Farmer started their crop tour, and so far they pretty much agree with the yield numbers USDA put out. So, you know, we're still looking at a big bean crop. You know, they started getting some of the areas on the corn where it might come in right at where USDA put in maybe a touch lower on the corn side because there's some areas on corn that's getting hit pretty hard with weather. But um, the trade's really worried that they're going to come out with a pretty big bean number. And if uh, pro are looking at a big bean crop, uh, USDA continues to see a big bean crop, boy, that's just, just going to continue to hammer our markets.
1: Greg, you and I have talked about the trade issues every week all summer long. The Chinese did come back to the table this past week. Any news there to help maybe stop the bleeding in these grain markets? No. Uh,
4: they actually came and left, and nothing was done. It wasn't very positive. Uh, that's not looking good and now with the Chinese not buying export business from us it's starting to impact the Gulf, it's starting to, the old trickle down effect you're seeing barges start to stack up on the river, you're seeing rail cars that typically go to the Pacific Northwest for export are starting to look for homes and they're starting to end up in the Gulf so now you're starting to see where the truck bases is falling into negative territory, uh, simply because there's just a ton of grain available and we're not moving out fast enough. So it's starting to get ugly.
1: Last week, we talked about the wheat market and the fact that, you know, maybe if we could hang around that $6 mark, that would look attractive to farmers. Well, we are a long ways from $6 now on new crop wheat. And again, you, you mentioned last week, you know, that's that's a worldwide situation there what's been going on in the wheat market this week to put the pressure on it
4: uh, we've seen some things turn around in some other countries i think russia um it's kind of turned around a little bit and i think australia maybe as well so maybe it's not quite as doom and gloom in some of those bigger wheat growing areas and like we talked you know being a world commodity like it is uh you see just big swings you see it'll it'll be up 20 cents one day and down 25 the next and two days later it's back up 30 so it's it's kind of all over the place um and that's something that our grain farmers are really paying attention to now because it could be a substitute for some of these early beans if we can get back to six that might be something they're going to jump back on the wheat train but um it's backed off quite a bit uh it, it with this negativity negativity on the corn and bean markets you know there's no reason for wheat to just rally all by itself it'll it'll stay it'll stay low there as well Uh, just following that corn market down as well
1: well greg i hate to do such a downer interview with you but uh, it is what it is i appreciate the time my man
4: oh thank you hopefully next week we have something
1: better to talk about and now we switch over to talk about the cattle markets and we've got dave foster on the line dave is ceo of cattle producers of louisiana things going right for you today dave
9: Everything's good so far.
1: Dave, before we get started talking about the markets, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, You and I were talking um, off the air last week, and you were headed to a meeting of the Louisiana Beef Industry Council. And I wanted to visit with you about that council quickly, about what's going on with them Uh, Before I do, let me give a quick background, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, I think anyone who's sold cattle knows that a dollar per head checkoff is held out of your check, or if you sell cattle private treaty, you're supposed to pay that dollar yourself, and that money goes two places. Half of that goes to the Cattlemen's Beef Board for national beef promotion. The other half stays here in Louisiana for promotion of beef within our state, And that is what the Louisiana Beef Industry Council oversees. LBIC, as we call it, was created by the legislature to oversee our part of the beef checkoff money and to promote beef. Did I get all of that right?
9: You got it perfect. Just perfect.
1: Well, tell me then about the LBIC. What is going on with the Louisiana Beef Industry Council? What's happening to promote beef here in Louisiana?
9: Well, Kerry, uh, as a matter of fact, on Friday... They just had the election of officers. Uh, uh, the officers now, the chairman is Amelia Kent, and this is her first time as chairman, and then John Thompson is the uh, the vice chair, and Max Shelton is secretary and treasurer. So we've got representation from, um, from Farm Bureau, from the Louisiana Cattlemen's Association, from the auction barns, and from cattle producers of Louisiana. Here, but here's the hard part for that board, as you mentioned, fifty cents of that dollar stays here in Louisiana, and the situation with us here, we're we're a cow calf state, and so what we have, of course, our main commodity is that calf or yearling, and very little of it is has to do with beef. There's, for all intensive purposes, there's no real kind of feedlots here, if you will, to. To feed cattle out, we've got a, um, a fledgling uh, grass-fed beef program, but still uh, not, not really huge. And part of the reason for that is uh, a lot of our little old small packers, the custom packers, and those have gone out of business. And so when it comes to the board uh, to fund projects, uh, it can only be funded for the product beef. There, there can't be anything to do with the live animal, per se. So we can't promote feeder cattle sales. We can't promote our feeder cattle. We can't promote those things that that affect the live animal. The only thing that we can do is to promote uh, the, the product beef. And so it's a little bit of a stretch trying to figure out how to, how to do this promoting. But they've adopted the term, for lack of a better word, the model, the mission statement, whatever you want to call it. Of, of that, this board wants to be good stewards of the Louisiana fifty cent checkoff, and and in 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 so doing, they want to get into programs that are that uh, really uh, kind of uh, shows the Louisiana producer that the money that's staying here is spent in a way that it falls under the guidelines of the law, and it also helps in in Louisiana. So. One of the projects that were funded uh, this past uh, Friday was there's always a um, FFA 4-H team that goes to the national for the meat judging contest, and so they funded that deal. That, and, and then there's another program that promotes beef that that's got a lot of feedback, if you will, positive associated groceries. They have two meetings a year where they invite all their sponsors, all their store people, um, all the people that provide services to them. They host a, uh, a deal for them that they can, uh, they can showcase their products. And the LBIC has a booth there, and then the night before that, uh, they uh, provide meat. They cook meat for a group of folks. And so it's kind of like those types of things. That the board is trying to um, uh, trying to latch on to and and to do that and and I might tell you this that that and again this, your program goes out to many many people if folks are listening out there uh, to this podcast and and I, I'd really mm-hmm. encourage people to to maybe um, send into you know, again, the LCA, the Farm Bureau, the counterproducers of Louisiana, the auction barn folks, and, and say, hey, have you ever thought about promoting this? But keep in mind that it has to be beef, carry. It can't be the promotion of uh, or the live animals. So that's, that's always been a hard part. But the board is really doing some great things, I think.
1: Well, Dave, let's talk about the markets in the time we have left. Anything that you've noticed over the last week in the cattle markets that you want to talk about today?
9: Yes, sir. I I have seen this week our slaughter cow prices have inched up a little bit. And uh, that can be, you know, it it may be accounted to a couple of things. One is um, schools have started back and uh, other places uh, in the country schools will start back in September after labor day and so uh these these processors are getting geared up to get their supplies of uh, hamburger meat ready for those uh, those hungry school children and so i, I think there's a the demand has picked up again for that and then right along with it uh with rains in texas oklahoma and missouri in the past two or three weeks uh it has eased that uh movement of cows going to the market because there's there's no grass left so i think with those two things uh it 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 may have been some kind of a cause for an uptick in prices
1: dave foster he is ceo of cattle producers of louisiana thanks a lot for the info dave
9: oh you're more than welcome
1: Coming up next, we pull out the calendar to see what's happening in Louisiana over the coming week. A look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar is next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
7: This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. I grew up in Louisiana farm country and I know all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into raising livestock, growing a crop, raising a family and running a farm. Farm Bureau puts that same hard work and sacrifice into making life better for you and your family. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture.
0: Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar.
1: There are two events coming up on the Louisiana Ag Calendar this week. The first is this Tuesday through Thursday, the 28th through the 30th, and that is the Louisiana Forestry Association's annual meeting. They are holding it in Shreveport at the Samstown Casino and Hotel. If you'd like more information on that meeting, check out their website at laforestry.com. The other event on the Ag Calendar this week is Thursday, August 30th. It is the final in the series of Small Farm Fundamentals Workshops. We've talked about these in the past. This is the last one of those. It'll be in Alexandria this Thursday. The title of this workshop is Farming and Money, Making It Work. If you'd like more information on that workshop, you can call the host, Fresh Central Louisiana. Their number is 318-441-3400. Again, the final in the Small Farm Fundamentals Workshop this Thursday in Alexandria. Well, that's a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar. And that wraps up this edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Be sure to check us out again next week. And in the meantime, connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter at Voice of LA Ag. Same handle for both platforms. Be sure to connect with us there. We update those each weekday with the latest news and information in Louisiana agriculture. We'll see you next week on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Join us again next week. This podcast is produced by Carrie Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.